The Elseworlds Exchange podcast is recorded live on youtube.com slash comic pop returns. Catch a ton of different comic book podcasts on youtube.com slash comic pop and youtube.com slash comic pop returns, including shows like Back Issues, Off the Rack, and of course, The Elseworlds Exchange. If you like what you've heard, give us a good review. And if you want to help us out more directly, you can always go to patreon.com slash comic pop to check out all the rewards we've got going on over there. Hey, everybody, welcome to the show. Uh, uh, today, we're joined by Jordan Bloom and Pat Oswalt. We're talking about minor threats. We're going to talk about comic books. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, thank you for having thanks, us. Thanks for having us, man. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, let's kind of bookend it a little bit. We're going to talk about minor threats. This is your uh, baby, your comic book, your series. Uh, it's a five issue mini that just wrapped um it's a four issue series but it was it's like four fuck i'm sorry 20, I already it's fine it's like 28 pages so they're longer so it kind of ends up being five issues technically you know what yeah, yeah. i i wanted um, but, five yeah. issues that's what it was i just i, yeah. I just desperately needed oh, that extra, thank extra you. issue <laughs> it is actually a genuinely fun series should we do the the elevator pitch for minor threats and then we'll uh, uh you go ahead you you okay. got it down to such a science We've been we've been working on this for a while now. Uh, yeah. So it's basically about a group of D-list supervillains who, after an A-list villain has killed the sidekick of the hero of the city, it's kind of created hell for them, and that they're going to go hunt down this this A-list villain, collect the bounty on him, and kind of hopefully escape this this lot in life they're they're stuck in. And it's a, a kind of um, will they survive the night? journey for these losers who are punching way above their weight class and uh and kind of uh out out on an almost suicide mission to to uh like i said get escape where they're stuck in their current life the story is so engaging and fun to watch these characters who are such losers and like they remind me so much of like the flash's rogues but like somehow a little more sad uh <laughs> like brain tease is one of one of the standouts obviously for me because he's just he's he is if if only he would get out of his own damn way he would mm-hmm. be so much more effective uh but uh mm-hmm. but yeah you're watching these 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 d-list uh, villains try and just just survive like that's the thing you you expect a story you're like okay i'm gonna sell this story about these villains and they're gonna you know they're gonna do the big caper or they're gonna take the big score this is just i don't want to be murdered by batman like and it's just such a uh such a such a hook because you're so with them because you imagine you know you have these lofty goals about like being you, know, you imagine oh I, I could be like batman i could be like superman but really i'm probably more like pigeon pete and uh, I will probably be murdered in my sleep by Superman at some point or another in this universe. That's how it feels. Uh, uh, I should also just really quick uh, toss out Scott Hepburn, who did an amazing job with the art uh, on this story. Yeah, yeah good looking creator. Um, uh, contemporary, fun, but it has that kind of like old school feel. It feels like almost like, I mean, the, the, the titling gives it that kind of graffiti feel, but it does feel like it kind of like indie art. But in but with a real like grounded sense of uh, of scale. Yeah, I think uh, Ian, our colors also, mm. Scott and him worked very closely in like what era is this supposed to feel like, and the flashbacks are also supposed to feel like some silver age, some bronze age, some you know the characters being dragged into this this modern age. So we looked a lot at um, you know the the visuals of 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 the history of the medium because we wanted to like make that textual in, in yes. the series. 
Yeah, I understand that, uh, what was it, Astro City was a big influence for you guys. Astro City was a huge influence in that we really wanted to recreate the idea of you, the reader, have been thrown into this world. And you are, so in order for you to be able to empathize with the characters who are running to catch up, basically scrambling to catch up, you are scrambling to catch up with the relationships and statuses in this world. And, and a lot of stuff you have to kind of get out of context. It's not explained explicitly to you. And, you know, we, we do a lot of like, okay, we could explain this the way a normal comic book does, but let's not. Let's, it's there and you can infer things rather than have it mapped out. Here is what happens. Yeah, the, uh, the, the, the time city or time bubble is one of those aspects. It's just kind of like, you can infer a big Kang-esque battle took place here. And this is the wreckage mm -hmm. that's kind of like, almost like a Venture Brothers feel of like, you know, these are people that they, they had their adventure and no one came and cleaned up after them. And we're just kind of living exactly. with it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. We, we had kind of long talks and, and Scott was a huge part of this of, you know, everyone's like, oh, the, the city's a character, the city's a character, but we really wanted Twilight and, and Redport to feel like it had weathered 60 years of, of superhero continuity. And a lot of it is just neglect. And right. especially because of where the story is set. Right. And, yeah. and just that life continues in a city. You know, we, we talked a little bit about like, you know, post uh, Katrina that like, you don't just flee, you, you continue on like life yeah. has to, to continue. Yeah. And, and we wanted that to be the feeling that like, yeah, a kaiju fell here, uh, and the superheroes left it, but we're just gonna build live in its bones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. no, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, it, it, I think that this is this is one of those stories that's like it, it will remind you of things, but you're not quite sure what specifically. You know, like you're gonna go, oh yeah, I get that, and then you realize like, oh, I kind of have never actually seen that before. So it's kind of cool that uh, that it's this is the first time I'm getting it in this kind of subversive, you know, almost uh, crack mirror version of what you're what you expect from comics. Um, great book. Check it out. June. Pick it up. Uh, we'll talk more about it. We'll obviously be using this throughout. But uh, I want to talk about the, the, the experience of producing slash getting this book out there. Uh, what made you pick Dark Horse and 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 how has that relationship been as you go forward? I know, Patton, you wrote. Uh, what was it? Serenity Fly, a uh, float out uh, uh, for did, Dark Horse um, back in the uh, day. I did a, I did a, a single issue of Serenity back in the day, and then I also did a single issue of Black Hammer. These little side stories. Yes. Um, and I just had a great experience working there, and I've always been. I mean, my God, I've been a Dark Horse fan since they debuted. Basically, I used yeah. to buy Dark Horse Presents just to read the little serialized stories that some of them, you know, became much bigger tales, but uh, they've always been such an amazing, you know, publishing house that it, it just felt like a no brainer, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Grendel concrete. Uh... All of them. And I was going to say, I think they're so good at uh, kind of supporting and nurturing, building out an original superhero universe. Like we looked a lot at, at black hammer and the yeah. success of that. Um, Cause it's really hard yeah. to launch these. Uh, we talked a lot actually with our friend, Kyle Higgins, you know, in the Massiverse, like, how do you just, you know, there's so much of this. How do you, how do you build from the ground up and, and launch one of these? Yeah. Kyle's a great resource because he knows, like he's been living it. And he also is, you, you could see, you could teach a masterclass on like building a universe and then building out a universe. Like, mm -hmm. let me just. Right. Yes. 
Yeah, and, and also a really good resource in terms of, well, we've built this central thing that's the spine of the universe, but other people that want to bring ideas into it and how do they fit into that, that um, is a very, very important lesson. Very Absolutely. much worth learning. Are you, is there your, is it your intent to build out the minor threats universe and kind of like add more to the skeleton or you just kind of like, let's just see how this goes. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. This is a, this is a dope ass book. We got, we got, we got things going on. It's, it's okay enough. There is intent, but we can't talk about it yet. I guess gotcha. the, uh, soon, soon, soon. Gotcha. But yes. Yeah. You know, I think what was cool is, is we've had a great response from both readers and creators saying like, this is a cool playground. We'd like to, you know, see more or play in it and, and we'll see where that goes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how has, cause I know, uh, right. The, the conversation right now there were, it's, it's interesting. I'm, I was just off the phone with a friend of mine about this, you know, every, every season there's a new huge issue in the comic book industry that everyone needs to tackle. And the one that I've been, uh, kind of like championing is marketing, but right now it's about comics journalism and about talking about it. Uh, and it seems that there has been, for you guys, a really like positive experience promoting the book, talking about it, getting it out there. Um, but what could comics do to for indie books to get the word out better? Like what what is it the industry is doing well and what is what what could it stand uh, to learn yeah i mean i think we're learning on the job because you really <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Well, and you have is, to market that is 100 part of it right because you yeah. got to market it yourself you guys you have to market it yourself we've been you know we are very active in like we'll do as many signings as we can we'll you know real grassroots you know we'll get out there we, you know you have to use your social media for sure but i think there is there was a shift i want to say of you know comic book journalism chasing the way a lot of movie and tv journalism was like listicles and attention grabbers and stuff which i don't think helps the smaller books in any way but i want to say that i think there's now a slight shift back to like how do we get back to real comics journalism you know a, a, a mutual friend of ours greg Kassman, has been really great i think in what he's building at cbr and store and stories he's featuring and um that are yeah. much more about the crafts of craftsmanship of, of making comics and also you know um digging in and, and looking at the history or looking at the community and and how it works so i think maybe more of that would be would be amazing <laughs> yeah but i don't know I, we're, we're trying to figure that out right like yeah yeah it's kind of hard for for me at least to comment on what could comics journalism be doing better when right now like jordan says we are learning the ropes of promotion so because I'm such an amateur, I don't want to sit there and give an opinion on something that whether or not it's going right or wrong, the people that have been doing it have been doing it way longer than I have. So maybe True. I should just be quiet for now. Fair enough. Well, Fair enough. Well, to put it back on you, Sal, I feel like I was not aware that much of of the comics community on YouTube, you know, yeah. on, on videos and stuff. So that's a whole new thing we learned. And we're like, this is exciting. Of course, this is like an amazing outlet to reach people, we are still thinking like Wizard Magazine or something, you know, like <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah. we're dinosaurs when it comes to, you know, how are you how are you reaching audiences and where are communities? And, yeah, and I think right. like you have tapped into that here. And I think that's well, that's you. another one. Like it's, it's thinking outside of what maybe we grew up with and looking at what yeah. is what is the world now. 
Yeah, it's funny you should say that because as a, uh, you know, I, I am, you know, my space is YouTube and I do this. It's comics exclusive unless it's a, you know, Ant-Man 3. Obviously, we're going to talk about these kind of movies. But mm -hmm. I try to really, you know, hone in on comics and talk about the industry and the books themselves and the characters, and the creators especially. And, uh, you know, we probably would be better off if I had uh, leaned into the YouTube part more than the like wizard magazine part where it's like more like you won't believe or uh yeah. you know here's five of the biggest dicks in comics you won't believe number six you know like <laughs> yeah. oh, it's it, man yeah. i mean giant yeah. man yeah. Giant <laughs> man. it's goliath uh, and we all know why and it's like i don't yeah. uh but like wizard actually has been a big influence for me because uh i i grew up reading it i didn't have friends reading comics when I was a kid, we, I think a lot of us have that kind of similar background where it's like you found comics, comics, you and comics became like had a relationship and everyone else outside of it was like either derisive or indifferent. Ambivalence was 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 the, the reaction. And then there's this magazine that shows up and it's like irreverent and crass and it like normalizes it a little bit where they're making inside jokes. You know, they're you know talking about like how they could use the cosmic cube to get laid and you're like this is this is speaking to me in a real like profound way uh and informs like your your kind of like associating association with fandom so we're trying to do something like that which like you said may not be the way to go given that it's uh you know been out of print for a good over a decade but uh yeah you know it's uh com comics coverage is a is a very complicated beast because you need yeah. to get people to like click you know, and it, you yeah. can't just go like, ladies and gentlemen, this book is great and you should read it because no one's going like, what? No one's going to tell me what yeah. I can do to better myself. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, yeah. they're not going on YouTube to better themselves. They're going on well, YouTube, you know, to, to be titillated in some way. Uh, you're creating you know. a community. And I think that's what you were hitting on, which is that a lot of us, it was a solitary thing or one other friend. And then Wizard came and it showed you that there was a community. And yes. then there was, I remember the message boards were really big, like Ornellis or someone had one or Matt Fraction yeah. or something. And then that turned into Twitter. And then that community, suddenly you had hundreds of, you know, followers who, who just want to talk about X-Men, you know, which to me is my favorite use of Twitter. And <laughs> now I think YouTube is another one, which is I think what you're doing. So I think it's, it's the yeah. same in that, it's just that the technology evolves and then the community moves around, but it's always yeah. there. Absolutely. No, and the more things change, the more they stay the same. Like, I think that's why I always like, I always go back and look at an old wizard to see like, how did they cover, con like, how did they, because it, it's at the end of the day, it was a periodical. It was a, it was on the shelf along with a million other periodicals. And it's like try screaming at the, at the passerby to buy it. And so it's like, how did they do that? We think about that obviously in, in, in comics coverage. I will not call myself a journalist. Uh, <laughs> that requires integrity and you know skills that I just I just unfortunately lack. What are you reading? And what is like what's on the top of your stack? What's the thing you're like? Well, I got a lot of things in my pile, but I got to skip the this one cuts the line, so to speak. Right, uh, Jordan. I go first. Uh, you target as I'm a big JLI guy. You know, and to mix that with noir, which is something we obviously both love, like mm -hmm. and Greg Smallwood's art, and you know when when Tom King is like firing at all cylinders, mm -hmm. you know I don't think he can be touched. I mean I'm a huge Mr. Miracle fan, and this feels like it will be 
you know, there's one issue left, right? So he's got to stick the landing. And if he does, yeah. I yeah. think it will be right next to Mr. Miracle on everyone's shelf. Because uh, it feels like an instant classic. Yeah, uh, ditto. That. I mean, I, I tend to follow like a creator. So right now I'm reading Danger Street more Tom King. I love yep. Tom King. Um, but also there's there's a a guy named Charles Sewell who did the the Darth Vader comic has his own little thing called Eight Million Genies that is pretty yes. brilliant. Mm-hmm. Issue seven comes out tomorrow as we speak. I know that he's about to wrap it up, and it's just great. Just people wrestling uh, very deftly with huge ideas about life and fate and, and all that stuff. I love it. Also, yeah. um, uh, Philadelphia by this guy, um, Ronnie Barnes. Talk about creating like a universe um, uh, and also mixing it with history and, and, and what's wrong with America right now. I, I just, again, I, there's, I, I love when someone takes a, an, a, a, a trope that you think every bit of meat's been chewed off that bone, like vampires, for instance, and they just find a completely new way into it. That always makes me excited. It makes me happy. Yeah, man, you just named two incredible series that, well, three that I I married above my uh, my weight class, and she uh, is all about the indie scene. And every time that she would like, she has this like kind of divining rod when it comes to like what is going to be the one that everyone like thinks is the most you know epic thing. Like she's the one who was like, "Hey, uh, uh, Nice House in the Lake is coming out. You got to get it." And I was like. <sighs> I don't think it's out yet. I was, I was like, I don't think it's out yet. And I called my comic shop and I was like, Hey, uh, I need you to pre-order me a nice house in the lake. And like, I've never heard of that. And I'm like, well, when you do put it on my list. So when I went to go pick up my copy, they gave me the promo poster. They're like, uh, when I found out what that was, I ordered like double the copies and we sold out of those copies. So here's your poster for it. And I was like, all right, that's, that was all my life. She knows what's going on. Great. Right. Yeah. And it's all What's just, on her radar now. Help us out. I know, I know. Uh, yeah, man, it's funny because like she's reading a lot of the X Men stuff right now. She's yeah. really into the Krakoa era. Uh, so anything, but, but I mean, they're doing interesting things. They are doing interesting things, and right yeah. now, like you've got the you got this new British invasion uh, with Al Ewing, Cy Spurrier, and Kieran Gillen. Yeah. And you know, yeah. if you read anything by any of those three, it's awesome. But those three are working together for an X-Men event called Sins of Sinister. So it's all about Sinister. And it's kind of like an yeah. age of apocalypse, but by way of Mr. Sinister. And she's like, that's that's what, that's her that's her jam right now. And it's uh, brilliant. He, I don't know, Pat, if you're caught up, but he he hacks Maura oh, McTaggart's. No, I, I'm, I'm definitely caught up <laughs> and I just read Sins of Sinister issue one, yes. which uh, again, talk about creating a fascinating villain that you can't take your eyes off of even though he's a horrible yeah horrible person but yeah. wow great ideas yeah right? the concepts are so big it almost re- you have yeah. to read it the way you would read like a morrison doom patrol like you real you can't just casually read x-men anymore because it's like so yeah. well thought out and so intricate in a great yeah. way I, i'm saying that you know so that and Jerry, I think, is doing such a great job, like holding down the more superhero yes. side of yes. it. You know, so you get yep. your kind of choice of what you want. You know, do you want to go weirder? Do you want to go a little more kind of Marvel Universe with it? And, and that's the variety of the line, I think, is really yeah. what makes yeah. it sing. Yeah. And it allows for like nuance or at least like you, you can when it first launched, it was like, here's a million titles. It was a little it reminded me a little bit of 
when the new 52 came out and like, here's 52 books and we'll just see who survives. And uh, the X-Men was kind of the same way, but Marvel's like, yeah, but we're not going to cancel anything but like two books because we yeah. want to dominate the line. So like, here's everything. I mean, they did cancel them eventually, mm -hmm. but like for a while, like they had, they had a surprising run. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, like you can, you, you can only have a book like Exterminators because there's enough mm -hmm. diversity of the line yes. to support it, which is like a, a, a kind of- Who would have guessed that Exterminators who would have guessed that Exterminators would be so much fun? Just this fun, almost mindless grindhouse. Yes, yes. Uh, take on, on take on some kind of silly X Men characters. Yeah. Um, but because they're so silly, you have license to do very silly, like almost direct to video style adventures. Yes. It's, it's like if Canon Films did an X Men book, <laughs> it would look like that. Which and, and that's a anyway that's a massive compliment. Sure. Yeah. 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 I'm there for any Boom Boom content. She's my yes. favorite. I love Boom Boom. I like the uh, uh, I, I like the 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 um the danger of let's put Boom Boom and Jubilee in the same room together. <laughs> so so great. Well, I think I'm trying to think of the last time um this happened to a line where there was such a shift that every writer got so inspired and wanted to play. You know, like I I got I'm very lucky. I got to do an x-men unlimited story on the app and they wanted to do um kind of xavier in the age of apocalypse like a um it's a wonderful life where he gets to experience it for the first time i love that. and the fun was well how does that work in the world of krakoa because like the appeal as a writer is i want to come in and i want to get to use what you guys are using so we we were able to build that in that this version of the Age of Apocalypse was that more a second life. So we were able to add and change and do different things that were we could play the hits of the Age of Apocalypse, but also bring in all these fun elements from the Krakoa era and see how they mesh with the Age of Apocalypse. So it's that attraction, I think, to writers and artists where it's like, this feels fresh for the first time and I don't know how long and I want to use everything you have. I want to use Krakoa. I want to use you know, the characters coming back to life. I want to use, all, you know, uh, the nation element to it. That is is so fun. So I don't, I'm trying to think of like what the last one of these was that it like just brought in all this talent that was like, I want to play, I want to play. I think it was Secret Wars. I think Hickman's mm -hmm. Secret Wars was that thing where they just, Marvel's like, let's just delay everything else <laughs> and let everybody jump in. Everybody gets a title. You know, like one of the few, like Joshua Williamson books is the Red Skull book, which just came out of freaking nowhere. And it was just like, let's do Suicide Squad by way of uh, Winter Soldier and stuff. And it was just like Siege miniseries. I think that was Kieran Gillen. And again, like, just, just go for it. Just try something and do something weird. We're only going to get four issues. So it's okay. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so it, Marvel's almost been chasing that dragon since then, where it's like, man, everybody was happy. For like, you know, nobody was yeah. like, man, uh, I think I, I have this weird object permanence problem where because a book exists that I would not read, it's superseding a book that I would read. You know, like for whatever reason, everybody was just content for a minute. It was kind of nice. It's one of the greatest crossovers yeah. ever, I think. Have you gone back and reread that, Patton, the, the Hickman Secret War stuff? No. It really holds up. Read that. Okay, I'll check that out. Because yep. the best part of it is that it was secretly a fantastic four story 
when they were supposed to be benched because of all the yes. Fox stuff at the time. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, yeah, 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 don't worry about that. Oh, actually, this whole thing was about the Fantastic Four the entire time, and they're the greatest characters in the Marvel Universe, and we should love and celebrate them always. And, like, wow. that's, I'm there for that messaging. It was. It, it was kind of, you were almost worried that, like, somebody was going to step in and, like, take the baton from him. But, uh, yeah, that yeah, that wrap-up was just like, yeah, actually, this is the really important thing, even though we can't talk about them. Um and another book that I've got to talk about, even and I talk about it like I have stock in it, like I have any, uh, uh, you know, horse in this race. But like uh, the new Aaron Punisher book is sick. Um, where he has been, he's like the head of the hand now. Yes, where he's the head of the hand now. They did this thing that I like. I remember thinking, man, what a terrible idea if you brought his family back. But that's but it ended up being. I guess, you know, you handed somebody like Jason Aaron and they can make it work, but Maria's back. They can't bring back the kids. And mm-hmm. he does this beautiful thing where you've got two different stories going on and he's telling you the kind of like backstory of, of Frank uh, and how he fell in love with Maria and how their relationship blossomed and how they're both kind of messed up people. It's and, almost, uh, it's more screwed up than what you thought the origin of the Punisher is. Which exactly. Is- like, I love it because every everybody who wants to do like their definitive Punisher, they're like, actually, Punisher was born in Vietnam. Actually, Punisher was born when he was, you know, this. Actually, he was born at eight years old. Like Aaron's like, no, I've got it. He was born at 10 years old. He he makes his own nitroglycerin and he burns a man alive in a hallway uh there i've got it like you can't you can't go any further and then someone's gonna be like actually mephisto is is frank castle's father and so he was born in the womb as the pun no but uh in a world where punisher can be like a a cosmic ghost rider or a, a frankenstein monster uh he could be a ninja and what's great is he's frank like he's just this schlubby stupid man who's like, cause he's an idiot. Like he's, he's just, you know, he's a blunt instrument. Uh, and he's just like, yeah, I'm, I've got this sword now, I guess, you know? And, and the hand is like, oh, we're this mystical cult and we're going to make the beast. And he's like, I, I don't care about this. Bring me rapists and murderers and I'm going to chop their heads off when they come in. Like just, he just, he uses the hand like bullets in a gun. And I'm like, this is so smart. Like, it's just so cool. Um, but you got to get past <laughs> issue six. And I don't mean to say like, oh, just watch this show, but get through the first three seasons and then it gets good. <laughs> the first six issues are engaging, but it's issue like eight or nine where you're like, oh shit. Like it, the, I'm you know, there's kind a of a confession. turn. I read, I read every Punisher book and I have so much ambivalence and problems with the Punisher. Yeah. Uh, and I know that a lot of it isn't the fault of the, creator or the character it's been co-opted by some pretty evil fucking people out completely there. yeah um and i'm also always b- bothered when they introduce any kind of science fiction or supernatural element into the punisher i like the fact that he is working class stuff that you buy at a hardware or ammo store against magic against science fiction so when you add that to him it'll be like giving batman kryptonian powers or a green lantern ring it kind of yes. takes the fun out of the character for me now i do <clears throat> i do like in the book what he's what the the effect of him on other characters the the whole daredevil using this kind of dirty dozen uh collection of his own rogues gallery to try to redeem them because that's what he believes in it's an incredible that's book. fascinating but the punisher with magic and or science fiction is a big uh thumbs down from me Fair. Even though I'm reading the book, but <sighs> yep. you know, it just, just and, and also they they've never really 
I just don't think that Marvel has never opened, and it'd be fascinating if they did, if they wrestled with the fact that this is, if they slap a Punisher logo on a book, it sells, and I know they're about making money, but they still haven't addressed uh, the bad effects that he has had in the world. No. And it would be fascinating if they did that. It would actually make for an even edgier, darker book yeah. if they did. They just haven't done that yet. And, and yeah. I know why it's because of commerce, but the more they don't address it, the ickier it gets. They flirted I'm reading, with I'm it. Reading all the fucking, I'm reading all the war journal stuff right now, the yeah. base and all that. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm reading it, <laughs> but I'm waiting for someone to come along and, and do something really cool with it. That's they fair. flirted with it in a Rose uh, Rosenberg wrote a story where the cops show up and like, oh, you're the Punisher. Can we get a picture? And he's like, right. I fucking hate you. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, if you want a fucking you superhero, don't be like go, go worship Captain America. I, I would, you know, if you go, if you, if you take money, I'll kill you. You know, like <laughs> I really, I, yeah, no, for me, I, I, I am, I hear what you're saying. That's exact. That is normally my, my take when it comes to Punisher or like with Batman, I'm yeah. kind of a, and I got I got in trouble for this not too long ago. I was talking about Batman just to kind of switch gears because Zdarsky, you you mentioned his uh, his Daredevil run, which is aw, uh, amazing, and his new Batman runs amazing. And it's who would have thought that Zdarsky knows? Have you guys read Public Enemy or uh, Public uh, shit? His his independent book, uh, <laughs> yes. Public Domain. Uh, Public Domain, yeah, yeah, it was great. It's so good. I, for the life of me, I can't like outside of the like the Silver Age, I can't really think of a lot of Batman stories where he's like actually in the multiverse, you know, where Batman's like, oh, an alternate version of such and such. Like yeah. only when he's zebra Batman or he's like rainbow prism Batman will I see him dealing with aliens or alternate versions of but himself. Except that at least with with, with Sadarsky's Batman, they're bringing in fantastical elements, but Batman is about rejecting them or going, yes. I will not use this stuff, which is keeping in that character. If the hand approached Frankie goes, we will unnaturally bring your bride back to life. He would fucking kill them. You know, right. I, I just don't see him making that deal. I hear you. I, I, someone in uh, you're okay. That's fair. In this, this case, there's something that just, it's so, so Pat, I, 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 I have to assume you were a huge, uh, the Punisher is an angel. Yes. No. <laughs> Remember that story? Heaven gun or whatever the fuck that was. <laughs> All that stuff was so, uh, yeah. 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 The, oh, yeah. That really the, bummed me out. The thing that got me was Jesus Saez does the art for the present day stuff. And there's mm. this image of the two of them like in bed together after her resurrection. And she has all these bullet holes that have like now closed up. Yeah. And just yeah. that As image a horror of her, book, it like, works really well. She yeah. is like, it's just like she would never have survived. It's, I don't know. It's just really hammered home like the death. Anyway, but yeah. I, 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 I got you. I um, lean, I lean with you, Sal, because I, I think, and you, Patton, too, I thought the Punisher was broken. Like, I didn't know what you could do with him. So changing the logo, removing him from what we're used to seeing him in, it felt like a good writer like Aaron, it may betray the roots of the character, like you're saying, but I don't know what else you can do with him at this moment. So this might be a way to get to that reboot that brings him back to his roots like well that's what they to me, do this like, is a, a side quest possibly yeah that Maybe, will yeah. you know yeah well i i, I mean who, they might kill him off at the end of it and have maria be the punisher like <laughs> you never know what they're gonna do yeah. with this idea but uh I, I got in trouble recently and when i say in trouble i mean i just got flamed on the internet where uh i i talked about batman and i was like man i i love a good batman story 
where like I just we need we need to sit in a in a in a in a status quo. Like we need to be kind of in it and live in that world for like a like a, just an arc. Give me an arc where we're in the status quo as opposed to just shifting. And I don't mean that to be say that that's Batman, but that's everybody. Yeah. Where it's like every character has like, you know, ooh, we're doing this new thing. And then we're getting, and then the new writer comes on. It's like, yeah, and now we're doing this new thing. Uh, but we need to just live in it. And I, I am one of those people who I love the idea that Batman has like a family, but my favorite stories are the ones where he's like alone in the cave and there's just a, 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 a dusty butler and there's something going. And, and someone tells a story that's like, Batman's like, holy shit, you know, like I'm, I'm the, I'm the knight, but that was fucked up. And just seeing where that goes, mm-hmm. um, mostly there. I, I think I'm, I'm just ruined on those, those old like '80s and '90s prestige bound done in ones where they're just mm-hmm. like, uh, Denny O'Neill was just like, make all the graphic novels, just get everything out there, like the, just the <laughs> Legends of Dark Knight period where it's like yeah. he's just, he's just, right, he's just in it. Um, and someone's like, how dare you mean to tell me you hate Robin? And I'm like, no, I think Robin's iconic and important. And mm-hmm. I love that there's been 12 of them. And, uh, you know, it's great. But, I agree uh, with you. I think I'm, I maybe go one sidekick, but I'm not. A, and I like each one of these characters, but I don't like the family books where it's all of them. Or they, and again, I love this new action comics yes. um, that just came out. But when you have 10 Supermen, <laughs> it's or kind of a problem. It does. It feels like impossible for a villain to pull off anything in, yeah. in Metropolis, well, right. and it, it devalues them in a weird way. So I'm, I'm kind of like maybe one sidekick, yeah. You know, unless yeah. it's like a world-shattering event, but I'm not a fan of the big, big families all working together. Kind of yeah, it just you know, kind of it kind of defeats the purpose uh, of of the lone warrior who's like, I've got this solo war on this city that I need to protect. It's like, and my, you know, eight or nine supporting characters that all uh, are on different teams, but also need to be in my book at a moment's note. And I'm not. This is splitting hairs. I really don't. I, I actually don't have a. Have, I don't really care. But uh, but I do like when that happens. Like you know, I, I'm waiting for that moment, and I think that's kind of what I'm getting with the Zdarsky run because there's literally nobody. He's in another reality. And he's like, I gotta be Batman. I gotta, I gotta figure this out. I gotta come. I gotta be Batman for this crazy new year. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. It's really. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, man. Um, as far as that's concerned, you know, there's, there's, there's a ton of great books. Um, you guys mentioned Tom King. I should mention Gotham City Year One. If you haven't read that yet, great. <sighs> so Love good. It. That's I, a dark really book. <laughs> that is a really yeah. dark book. I was it's worried really that it was gonna, well. it was gonna pull punches, but by issue like. Three, I think three, four. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, they're going there. they're <laughs> yeah man. Good. I great. love the art. I love the feel of it. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, Hester's the idea. Good. It's very like, oh, let's put a Robert Town, James Elroy, um, uh, dark uh, uh, soil underneath everything you know about Batman. That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. No, that, and incorporating characters like Slam Bradley, who have been oft neglected for the past yep. oh, I don't want 70 years or so. Yeah, uh, yeah. Really love cool. that you learn why they call him slam, like every sound effect when he it's fights just a someone. Slam. <laughs> yeah. I didn't see the birth yeah. of the birth of Crime Alley coming in there. I was like, there's so much to this that I was just mm-hmm. like, fuck. Um yeah, it's funny when people talk about like, man, you know, comics were great when I was a child. And I'm like, it's almost never been better. Because there's yeah. so yeah. many good books, and the books that are out are tremendous. Yeah, 
Well, that's no, like was, people saying the best Saturday Night Live cast was the one when I was 13. And it's like, yeah, that's the one, just when you really get into Saturday Night Live, you know, like. <laughs> right. That's yeah, when your sense yeah. of humor starts to starts to actually exactly. form. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the, I never laughed harder than when I first discovered that I could laugh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's also really like you have to go back to whatever someone pines for a golden age. Then you look back at what was actually available. It's going to be like the early 70s was the best time for music because you had the Ramones. You're like. Uh huh. And what else? You know, like the Ramones and, um, uh, well, like, have you looked at the charts back then? What was actually available? It was not great. And just like, I love the first couple seasons of SNL. It's fantastic. But this whole thing about SNL now, it's like one good sketch and eight crappy ones. Go watch the first season of SNL and look at the good sketch to bad sketch ratio. It's pretty startling. Yeah, that they were missing a lot. There was a lot of cocaine back then, and they were <laughs> anything out there. Right. So they, they... Didn't know. so always like, yes, lift up what's great. There's always great stuff, but then, but the best time to be alive is right now. That's right. Always. Oh, <laughs> I like yeah. that. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, oh, I guess I wanted to ask you, uh, apropos of your uh, selection of Scott Hepburn on Meyer Threats and how it's like. It's this really fun kind of almost, I don't, I don't want to say dangerous because it, you know, hardly it's comic book, but, uh, but some comic books are dangerous. Maybe Minor Threats is, but uh, you know, it's got this really great style to it. That's like fun and, 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 and gritty while also being uh, uh, jubilant. But what are some other artists that are out there now in comics that you're like, damn man, I didn't know we could get there. Like, I didn't know we could, we could have this. Cause like, you know, when we're, when we're kids, it's like, man, Walt Simonson, man. And he's, he's still crushing, still doing great. But like, who's the Walt Simonson of today? Who are the people who are, who are really exciting you? And you're like, shit, I don't know who the writer is, but so-and-so is drawing this book. I got to pick it up. Cause I feel like there are a couple out there right now that I didn't notice that again, you know, my wife was reading uh, Gerard Way's Dune Patrol and she was like, Nick Darrington, watch yes. out for Nick Darrington. And I was like, all right, well, enjoy your Doom Patrol book, you heady, intelligent person, you. I'm going to read about the Punisher becoming a ninja warrior. Uh, but uh, then I picked up Batman Universe and I was like, now you're speaking my language. And yeah, uh, yeah. such a good book. Um, I'd say Mitch, am I, I always... I'm oh, worried if it says names right. Gerards is, is it? It's either Jared's or Ger or yeah. I think it's the, I think it's Jared's or Garrett's. I've met him a, about a handful of times, and I've never asked him. I feel terrible that. butchering it as I was Me just too. telling you how to say my last name. Um, <laughs> yeah, Jordan Blum, I believe. Yeah. No, uh, uh, I'm trying to think, and then uh, who? Uh, Russell Dodderman is someone who like is doing mostly cover stuff, but every image is like this this should be in a museum um yeah. uh you know and there's certain people who just come back and hit hot streaks like john romita jr hasn't been on my radar a ton lately and then the spider-man run is gorgeous yeah. the way that he does action and 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 choreography uh is fantastic there's a there's a uh uh artist that we're using for some flashback sequences that we're trying to figure out something to do with in a bigger way is a woman named tess fowler Yes, is just an incredible. I always say when she when when an artist does faces really well, they're they're such a good actor. She really gets those moments when there's nothing verbal happening, but the way that the face is reacting, you know what's going on in the head, and that yes. really and her stuff just really pops for me. Yeah, it's like her and Kevin McGuire can nail that. that yeah, yeah, McGuire, yeah, man. Uh, have, yeah. I assume you guys have seen. Uh, 
Daniel Warren Johnson stuff. Oh, Daniel Warren Johnson did a book. Energy. If you have not read it, you need to buy it the next time you're at the shop. Wonder Woman, Dead Earth, Murder mm-hmm. Falcon, and uh, his most recent one, Do a Powerbomb. And what about, uh, did he do Beta Ray Bill too? He did Beta Ray Bill, which is an yeah. amazing. Oh, but, yeah, okay. The Beta Ray Bill, um, that book was amazing. That's Wasn't him? it? Yeah, that's him. Oh, that's him. Oh, boy. His stuff his, is great. His Wonder Woman Dead Earth, dude, you are going to... It, it's in the Black oh, Label okay. Oversized Edition. Yeah. Wonder Woman right. at the end of the Earth. It's the end of the world. Crazy mutant monsters, road warrior shit. Diana's like... She finds Batman's corpse and just grabs his belt, and she's like, I guess this is it. It's, it's sick, dude. You will trust me on this one. Who just um, did... The art on Catwoman Lonely City, which is another Ooh. DC Black Label book. Chain, yes. Right. Cliff Chang. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lonely City. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, that's boy, that's it. I thought you were talking about the, the one bad day, but yes, that's a great no, book. No, no, no. Lonely City. Yeah. Oh, boy, was that great. That was gorgeous. And so, like, talk about art that really, really um, supports the writing, like, actually uh, illustrates the mood and the tone and the personality mm-hmm. of the writing. Just bam. Yeah. yeah. They drew Paper Girls. So, yeah. oh, that's right. That's how I know him. Yes. Another fantastic book. And that Teen Titans, uh, I got there. That Breakfast oh. Club Teen Titans. Uh, oh, I know that. Yes, that's awesome. Yeah. And then who draw? Who drew that book for Vault Comics called Autumnal? Oh, Autumnal. The fact that they did a cover for the trade paperback that Amazon wouldn't carry because the cover was so frightening <laughs> that they wouldn't use the cover image. Oh, I mean, I that was that. like, yeah, Vault is really going back to, it reminds me of when Alan Moore was doing Swamp Thing, where they're like, we just want to be fucking scary as shit. We yeah. want all of our stuff. First things first, it's got to be scary as shit. Yeah. yeah. Chris Sheehan we was do. the artist. It's a, uh, it's a great time for Chris horror. Chris Sheehan? Oh. Yeah. So good. It is a good time for horror, man. Uh, the, yeah. Uh, green, uh, Swamp, one... Thing, Swamp Thing Green Hell, the second issue come, came oh, out yeah. today. Uh, finally, after 12 months, but apparently they had a death in the family, so it was, you know, but yeah, oh, no. that's a great one. Uh, Pat, Pat, what's the one that, that we were both reading that's like Jason Takes Manhattan, but really good? Oh my god, uh, Maniac of New York, and that yes. is an Italian artist, <laughs> Andrea something, his first name is Andrea, A N D R E A. Oh boy, that art is fantastic. Do you know yeah. this book? So, no, uh, no, I've never heard of it. Uh, I'm looking dude, at it now. One of Holy. the most brilliant premises. It was a former Daily Show writer, I think a former Daily Show head writer. But the basic premise is J- a-, a Jason Voorhees type exists in our world. Yeah. And pop and pops up in Manhattan every now and then and kills people. And they shoot him nine times and he doesn't die, but he goes away and then comes back and kills people. And um, the city of Manhattan has adjusted to him they're just like well if you want to live here every now and then maniac harry pops up and kills people and if if you were we're going to go move to scottsdale arizona and try to make it in finance no we give maniac harry reports every night in the news (laughs) listen to them avoid the neighborhoods where he is and 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 it really makes you wonder in terms especially in terms of school shootings and crime yes how we've just adjusted to it and just gone well look that's the price buddy that's the price of admission Right. You know, we're not going to do anything about it. Yeah. Life in America. Yeah. You just become numb. You don't like it. You might get slaughtered on a train. 
Dude, yeah. man, that's that's uh, Andrea Muti or Muti oh is the God. artist on that. Elliot Kalin is the writer on that one. Man, yes. what a great so premise! Good. I love when they when when they do this thing that is like let's talk about let's talk about the world. Let's talk about what's happening right now that we're not talking about. But I'm not. But I'm doing it in a premise that's also equally fun. Like it's like it's a premise that I'll dig. And if you think about it for like more than two seconds, you're like, oh shit, I know exactly what this is about. One like, way that's kind of what Eight Billion Genies is about, which yes. is everyone now has a platform, has a voice, can shape mm-hmm. the world to whatever they want, and those visions are going to clash in big, ugly ways. Yeah, yeah. If it's, we all uh, became influencers, we'd destroy the world. Yeah, <laughs> it's not wrong. We destroyed reality because oh, I want to be my voice out there. Oh my god! Yeah, I. Uh, it, it reminds me of that line. Uh, you guys must have seen the trailer for Guardians Three, where. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Rocket Raccoon has this line from the trailer that I'm like, that's the it's the whole fucking movie. You just telegraph the whole movie, and it's Rocket Rocket Raccoon talking about the high evolutionary, and how he's like he doesn't want to make things perfect. He's just unsatisfied with the way things are. And I'm like, fuck, yeah. That is so today. Like yeah. people are just so unsatisfied with the way with the world they have that they that they will literally like change the human genome to make it something else because they're just so unsatisfied i'm like okay but they'll also but but they will ruin the world the way yes not necessarily make it better it's just so they can go well if i'm unsatisfied everyone should be upset yes i don't i've i've given up making things better for myself i'm just gonna make (laughs) everyone else as miserable as me and then i can feel okay right as long as everyone else is as unhappy as me then maybe i'll find some shred of happiness oof i forgot who said that line but it's like they will they will set themselves on fire as long as they can hear their enemies screaming. Like if they know that their enemies are also burning, they're fine. Was that Sun Tzu or something? Holy shit! <laughs> uh, no, no, no. This was a few years ago talking about a certain segment of the population that is mm-hmm. again oh. the people that vote against their own interests. But it's a whole thing of like, oh no, I know I'm I'm fucked. To get better but... me, I can at least make things worse for other people. Oh my god! Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm owning libs in the process. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Know. Oh, comic um, books, baby. <laughs> but well, yeah man. Great, man well thank you so much for being on the show yeah. uh thank you for minor for threats oh my pleasure my pleasure uh thank you for getting me a copy of uh the pdf of of, of the series uh ladies and gentlemen the book is done you can pick up every all four issues of the series yes you can the trade is out in june pick it up you will do yourself a favor uh Thank you all for being here and we'll see you guys next time. Gentlemen, uh, anything else you want to plug before we wrap up here besides check out Minor Threats and comic book stores now? Go pre-order the book. Pick it up in your comic book store. We're just focusing on Minor Threats. Now go read the first four issues, the whole first series of Minor Threats and then stay tuned. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Nice.